is a disaster, a podcast about disasters and music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm here with my co-host, Lee. Hi there. And a special guest that we'll get to in a minute. Hi. I said in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) First, I'm going to do the housekeeping that I always do. If you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is tell somebody to listen to our podcast. That would be great. Thanks in advance. Yeah, anyone. Bug them with it. Don't bug them with it, but bug them with it. Yeah. Uh, you can also follow us on social medias at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also check out our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. Also, also, you can check out our patreon.com slash This Disaster Pod to, you know, become a patron. Become a patriot. Or, yeah, as Lee, as Lee likes to call it, a patriot. That's my joke. <laughs> Never gets old. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're just going to launch right into disaster. And for that, we've got Gary. All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome Hi, back. Hi, I can't believe I just said hey, y'all. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Well, you know, you, yeah. you, you do what you do. Mm-hmm. Hi, everyone. I'm back. Do I give my credentials again? Just as a reminder, in case people missed your last Tragedy Tuesday about exactly. the mental health fallout of Chernobyl. Mm. Okay. So I am Gary. Mm-hmm. I am a psychologist. Yes. I have a PhD in psychology. So I know quite a bit about mental health. Sweet. And I'm also your wife, Peter. Indeed. Boom. That is true. Credentials. That is. And today, well, no, I'm not, I'm going to, well, they already know what it's about. Well. It's on the episode title. You make make like they don't. We like to be coy about it. All right. Well, then, uh, let me paint you a word picture. Ooh, my second favorite kind Mm -hmm. of picture. (laughs) Picture, picture. Picture's my first. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) This is a classic picture. So you're a wealthy New Yorker. Mm -hmm. You're a banker. Mm -hmm. And this is the early 1900s. I like it already. All right. You've rented a house in Oyster Bay, Long Island Mm -hmm. with you and your family and all your household staff. You've got your laundress. Hmm. You've got your cook who makes you everything you want. Hmm. Life is great. Probably oysters. Yeah. I Mm, I I assume. Is my last name Gatsby? (laughs) <laughs> no. Okay. Stay away from pools. Pretty sure it's uh, Warren. Your oh. last name is Warren. Okay. okay. Um, but we'll cool. get to that. Yep. Um, life is great. Mm-hmm. Everyone's fine. Sounds, Sounds pretty good. great. But then <laughs> typhoid fever strikes six people oh. in your 11-person household. 11 people in one house? Wow. Six people. Oh, yeah. One, well, one well, household with the servants. Yeah. Oh, the servants. You know, okay. your laundry person, I always forget your about gardener, the servants. your cook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're your servants, man. Picture <laughs> Now, this isn't unheard of, so sometimes people get typhoid fever, mm-hmm. whatever. Sure. Yeah. So you hire someone to check the usual culprits mm-hmm. the or the usual suspects, the water sources, food supplies, but everything comes out clean. Huh. What could it be? What do you do? Uh, Probably get typhus. I guess die. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. It's not typhus. Oh, oh actually, that's a, that's a sidebar soon. Oh, my Ooh, was, you can't, me, cool. Pro, I probably get typhoid. Ty, typhoid fever. Typhoid fever. Typhoid or fever. typhoid. That's you what can, I do. Yeah. All right. So we're going to put a pin in that there. Okay. Percolate. <gasps> okay. Percolate. We're gonna but we're going to just talk about what typhoid fever actually is. Okay. First. All right. So, Would you say it's a sidebar about typhoid fever? No, not yet. Damn it. I mean, it could be. You know what? Yeah, sure. Let's call it a, a, a sidebar. Hey, oh, first sidebar. Sure, hey. that's sidebar right out of the gate. We like sidebars. Okay, yeah. yep. So sidebar about what typhoid fever is. Okay. It's a bacterial infection uh, due to a specific type of salmonella, okay. which is a genus of rod-shaped gram-negative bacteria. Okay. And if they're rod-shaped, they're called bacilli. Ooh. Bacillus. Okay. Which is, so if you ever hear something called bacilli yeah. or bacillus, that mm-hmm. means that it's rod-shaped. Huh. Like a mm-hmm. rod. Yeah. Like a cylindrical. Yeah, exactly. Does bacillus exactly. mean rod in Latin? Probably. Latin. You're the one who learned Latin. Latin. Okay, cool. I don't cool. know. You tell us. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Are Maybe you I'll look Google it up. It? Maybe I'll look it up. Keep, yeah, keep, I see keep a phone going. coming up. Phone down. All right. <laughs> Cheater. Now they didn't know right away what caused it. They didn't know about this bacteria at all, or even how it spread. So they just thought it was contaminated water. Okay. Right. They were like, okay, well, 
someone's been drinking bad water. We don't know what happens right. and uh-huh. when it started. And it wasn't until 1983 that William Budd, double D, a doctor in Bristol, demonstrated that it's transmittable by feces. Okay. <laughs> My question is, how did he do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. How, how do you know? He, just, he just, research. He, because everyone <laughs> thought it was water, but he was like, you know what? Actually, the things that I've been examining and seeing mm-hmm. kind of point to the fact that it might be contagious human by human, okay. and specifically their feces. Right. Mm. So he went so far as to say that every case was related to every other case and that it's contagious. So unfortunately, though, this poor guy, he died the year that they actually found the bacteria in 19 or in 1880. Okay. Mm -hmm. Only, yeah, seven years prior, he had been like, no, this is the feces. We need to examine this. No one really listened to him. And then (laughs) that poop guy's talking. Yeah, I know, right? And then seven years later in 1880, we have Carl Joseph. Eberth, mm. who mm. described the bacillus that mm-hmm. he suspected okay. was the cause. And then George Theodore Auguste Gafke. Great names back uh, then. Yeah, confirmed the findings. Okay. And the funny thing is that originally they were given these names like Eberthella typhi mm. and Eberth's bacillus and Gafke Eberth bacillus. I'm like, who wants these things to be named after themselves? Yeah, first of all. Yeah. 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 Like, it's cool you, like, find it, but then this yeah. is the thing that makes people sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, do you exactly. really want, want it to? Is that what you want to hitch your wagon to? Yeah, yeah right. exactly. And they confirmed it was feces? Yeah, they did confirm that. <laughs> people were that. like, man, Poop Guy was right. Yeah. <laughs> What's his no. name? Damn. Yeah. Uh, I think he's just poop guy. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. poop guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so basically they found that it was this specific bacillus mm-hmm. that causes okay. typhoid fever. Okay. And But now, in today's date, it goes by the name of Salmonella enterica, subspecies enterica, serovar, Typhi. Whoa. I'm going to quiz you on that on the end, oh, guys. God. Oh, <laughs> What was the middle word again? <laughs> okay, but now, did, did you notice that salmonella was in it? Oh, that's yeah. The, that's the one yeah. thing I recognize. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's like someone also enteric also things that like are within your gut. Hmm. So, yeah. So it's like a, a sp- subtype of salmonella. Wow. Interesting. That causes it. Okay, cool. All right. Now we're going to go into... Wait, wait. Mini sidebar within a sidebar. What Ooh. the... Are you looking at my notes? Oh, I'm no. literally going into it a mini sidebar okay, sorry. right now, <laughs> pre, but go pre, on. Pre-mini sidebar. Okay, go on. Tying back to what we were talking about, bacillus. The root is from the Latin baculus, which meant stick. Oh, well okay. then. Yeah. A little that is, that is Off the a... top of my head. Didn't need my phone or anything. That's amazing <laughs> That's that you a... called that up. Yeah. yeah. I can't. Uh, jump out of your pre-mini sidebar okay. into <laughs> my mini sidebar. Okay. Wow. Sidebar sounds like sidebarception. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. We're getting even further into it. Oh, oh boy. Anyway, mini sidebar. Okay. Typhoid fever, also called typhoid, is not typhus. Okay. 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 So it's not the same thing. Okay. Both are bacterial. Typhoid fever, though, is caused by the bacteria that's, and it's usually foodborne, so mm-hmm. feces on your food. Yeah. Mm. Or like fecal contamination of the water. Okay. okay. Whereas typhus is caused by flea bites that catch the disease from rats or possums. Oh boy. Mm. Something else spreads that way too. Mm, a lot of yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking about the black death. Yeah. That's right. If you want to check out episode thirteen and fourteen. Damn. <laughs> about the black death. About the black death. I yeah. But the reason before they knew any of this, the reason that they called it typhoid fever is because it had it was similar the symptoms to typhus. Oh typhoid oh, okay, okay. like yeah, okay. And now we're going to have a super mini sidebar within a mini sidebar. Oh, we're going this is deep. when time like just stops. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have stopped. We're so far away from Long Island right now, you guys. Oh, man. <laughs> 
But yeah, so typhus and typhoid fever mm-hmm. were two of the proposed potential causes of the plague of Athens. <gasps> really? What? Yeah. Episode one. Episode of our, one. Of this podcast. <laughs> I actually listened to that one. Oh, you did? <laughs> I did. Oh, I nice. did. Nice. In preparation? Or is that like just the no, first one you listened no, to when it first, first came one. out? Yeah, it was, I was, I was supportive of you back then. first episode. Yeah, <laughs> back then you cared about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that's actually, and we're coming up on one year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, sure. so it was one of the proposed causes of the, the plague of Athens and oh. the killed general. Do you guys remember his name? Peter does. Pericles. Pericles. Yeah. Good right. job. One year later. <laughs> Although when they were looking at some of the, the different things, yep. it's proposed, but what they think is more likely is some sort of hemorrhagic fever like Ebola. Right. Yeah. Or mm. what was it called? Marburg. Marburg virus? I can't remember exactly. Not sure. Isn't that uh, a type of cheese? Mm. Marbled. Delicious. Never mind. Yeah. Seriously, marbled? <laughs> what do you have next? Let's move back into what typhoid fever actually is. Yes. Mm. So it's common in children and young adults. Even this is now. Okay. This is okay. in 2019. Oh, okay. So it's common in children and young adults, especially in those in low SES regions of the world. Socioeconomic and, status. Yes, uh-huh. sorry. Socioeconomic status. I was going to ask. Yeah. I, or uh, areas with really poor sanitation. Sure. Which okay. makes sense, right? If you're like bathing in poopy water and swallowing yeah. it, maybe. Yeah. There's yeah. something, yeah. something there. In 2000, it was estimated to cause about 12.7 million illnesses and about 216,000 fatalities globally. Wow. Hmm. So it's pretty dangerous still if you're not taking care of yourself and right. washing your hands. Fortunate and, enough to it also a, took a chunk yeah. out of uh, the population of Europe in the 13. 100s. 50 years before the Black Death, remember we were talking about like the awful weather conditions yeah, and how animals would get pounded. Crops are getting pounded. Animals would get <clears throat> get sick. The diarrhea would mix in with all the rainwater, which oh, was everywhere. Right. And we'll go into the groundwater? A little bit into the groundwater and everybody would get typhoid fever. Ugh. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. That Oops, makes soup. sense though. Totally makes sense. Turns out typhoid would be like a bush league rookie Compared sickness. to Black Death. To Still. Yeah. It was like yeah. a ni- nice precursor. <laughs> Black Death, episode one. <laughs> Episode one. one. Well, part one, episode 13. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Episode like... 13 of this podcast, part one of the Black Death series. Talks okay, about yeah, because episode one was Plague of Athens. No, as, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. all right. Also right. relevant. <laughs> also, also relevant. <laughs> you know what? Go back and listen to everything. Yeah. You won't be lost. Yeah, chat. <laughs> yeah. Around one to five percent of patients will become chronic carriers. Hmm. So mm-hmm. healthy chronic carriers. Oh, so you're like infected forever. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, but you, you don't shower. Your and... You're healthy. You're totally healthy. Oh, but yeah. you just spread it wherever you go. Like a sleeper I mean, agent. if you don't wash your hands, you would, yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. But who wouldn't wash their hands? I don't know. I'm looking at you over here. You seem suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always wash my hands. <laughs> a little bit too. Yeah. <laughs> Someone I know told me, like, there's this guy we know, don't shake his hand. You'll get pink eye. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, how does this person exist? Right. Like. There's only one way to get pink Throw eye. Throw them in a boiling... I had pink eye over Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Our son got wow. the worst pink eye. You have an infant. <laughs> and I got it. It was yeah. brutal. I'm the only person in the house that didn't get pink eye. And it's because I literally washed my hands raw. My yeah. knuckles were bleeding were because bleeding. how often I was washing yeah, them. Yeah, I was the same way when my daughter was yeah. young and, and um, a spreader of... Disease. 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 A disease vector. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah disease vector. Yeah. That's pretty much all toddlers are, I think. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. All right, so now that we know what the bacterium is, mm-hmm. that it's actually quite dangerous, mm-hmm. let's talk about what it does to you. Okay. Oh. First of all, let's briefly talk about how it gets into you. We said poopy food. Mm-hmm. Right. It's poop on your food. Eating poopy food. Eating poopy food. Eating That's the soup. scientific. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
poop soup? Yeah, don't eat poop soup. Don't eat <laughs> don't poop eat soup. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to eat it. And first it has to survive the gastric pH barrier in your mm-hmm. stomach, right? right? Because you've got your gastric. Acids. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The acids, yep. the juices there. Mm-hmm. Then it penetrates through the epithelial tissue of your small intestine. Mm-hmm. Wow. Then it causes hypertrophy of something called your Peyer's patches. And I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. But okay. your Peyer's patches are small masses of lymphatic tissue mm. that are found throughout the ileum region of your small intestine. So from there, the typhi mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is released via the lymphatic system oh. and the bloodstream. And then it goes everywhere. So Jeez. it's actually acting like centrally. Yeah. It's no longer just in your abdomen. Once it gets to the lymph nodes, it's a lot like uh, Yersinia pestis. But I imagine a lot of bacteria spread that way. For the people that didn't listen to the Black Death. Right. Black Death, <laughs> caused short version, caused by bacteria, accumulates in your lymph nodes. And then the lymph nodes burst and go everywhere. Yeah, yeah these don't burst, okay. but they just spread through your gotcha. lymphatic system and your bloodstream. And oh. you just you end up giving the virus everywhere. Yep. Yeah, well, as well, it should if it survives all those security checkpoints in exactly. your... Exactly. Yeah. It earned it. Survivor. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. Yeah, I'm more impressed. <laughs> yeah. I'm I not even you. deathly sick. I'm just impressed. <laughs> also deathly sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, also that. So the first 7 to 14 days, there's actually no symptoms. I guess hmm. it's like spreading, taking... It's biting its time, you know? Oh, horrifying. But after which you develop some flu-like symptoms with a fever. And okay. according to the Mayo Clinic, mm-hmm. this is not the mayonnaise clinic. It's like a special <laughs> Every clinic. Every time I think about it. I thought I was like, that's too dumb. I know. Just keep your mouth shut. Every time someone says Mayo Clinic, I'm always like, <laughs> I saw the I saw the sparkle <laughs> okay. in the eyes. So I was like, I'm going to nip this in the you bud. Knew, you know who you're dealing <laughs> with. Okay, so not the clinic where you send your sick mayonnaise. <clears throat> All right. So the Mayo Clinic says that usually your fe- you have a fever and it starts low, but every day. It increases. I love it. And it gets as high as 40.5 degrees Celsius, which is pretty high. If you're American, that's 104.9 degrees Fahrenheit. Thank you. That's You're not American. I'm not, but a lot of people that listen are. Oh, okay. So I like like to do the You're thanking them on their behalf. We still measure in Fahrenheit human temperature. Oh, yeah. I still think of it that way. Really? I never never do. We say metric, but there's so many anomalies. I'm I'm 6'1". Yeah, exactly. I'm not 182 centimeters. Yeah, that's true. I do... Height in feet and inches, but I do temperature in Celsius. So 104.9. Jeez, that's that's really high. That's close to death. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You also get headaches, uh, weakness, muscle aches, sweating, Mm -hmm. dry cough. Mm -hmm. And about one third of people will get rash or rose spots. Hmm. Sheesh. Little spots that look like little roses. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You also have abdominal symptoms, obviously, because this is an abdominal it's, issue. Yeah, sure. Salmonella, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So almost always present with pain, nausea, vomiting, constipation, or diarrhea. And Oof. I love how that's always a thing. It's yeah. either constipation or diarrhea. <laughs> it kind of depends on the person. Well, it's Commercial. just because they can't say it's going to mess with your poop. They, you need to be a little yeah. bit more yeah. scientific than that. <laughs> yep. Your poop's and, gonna get real yeah. weird. Your stomach yeah, will be Yeah, you're either like, gonna not poop for five days or <laughs> you're gonna Gras. poop all the time, five <laughs> times a day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And often at this time, your abdomen is extremely, extremely swollen. Okay. Which okay. makes sense too, right? If yeah. You're, yeah. yeah. Yep. And later on into the progression of the illness, the patient can develop confusion and delirium mm-hmm. and apathetic affect. Hmm. As a matter of fact, there's something called the typhoid state where you lie motionless and exhausted yeah. with your eyes half closed. So like Monday or <laughs> <laughs> every day after lunch? Yeah. Sorry, saying it motionless and exhausted with your eyes, eyes half, half closed. <laughs> huh. It's actually like a specific state. You're like, dead. It's, yeah, basically, <laughs> you're half dead. It, 
kind of sounds like the Plague of Athens so far. Right? They yeah. said it was. They yeah, confer- right? yeah okay. could I be, mean, could it's be not, them, yeah. they didn't confirm it. Yeah, but you're never going to know for sure. No. It was millennia Although they ago. took like gum pulp, yeah. or, like dental pulp, mm-hmm. something, but then the method, then they said, oh, look, we found typhoid yeah. fever mm-hmm. germs, yeah. Yeah. whatever the thing I read you earlier. Yep. And then later other people were like, no, you didn't do it right. So right. no one knows. Okay, fine. Right. Yep. But if untreated, so you, you have the typhoid state, you're almost dead, but you can get better. Oh, okay. It just takes a long time. That's good. good. If untreated, though, there's tons of complications that can occur, and this is where it can get deadly. Okay. So internal hemorrhage is one of them, bleeding anywhere along your GI tract, mm-hmm. your gastrointestinal tract. Yeah. Intestinal perforation. Mm-hmm. This is often fatal. This literally means when your intestine perforates. Right. Yeah. There's a hole in your and intestine. And your it, back in the day, yeah. b- back in the day, you couldn't like get that and, and fix it. Right. So it was almost always deadly. And even in today's date, it's actually pretty deadly if that happens to you. Okay. Right. Which is why when you have maybe a colonoscopy or something, mm-hmm. they're always in the hospital and it's always very well monitored because right. just in case there's right. a perforation, they yeah. can get you to surgery immediately. Yeah, right. <clears throat> you can also get sepsis, which is when your body's response to infection causes injury to its own tissues and organs. Thanks, yeah. Wikipedia. But really, you know, basically it's your inflammatory immune response that's triggered by infection creates this thing called a cytokine storm okay. mm. where y- your body starts fighting itself. Oh, because yeah, back right. in the day, you used to think of sepsis as like blood poisoning. Mm-hmm. Which is actually not the case. Right. It's that your body then starts to fight itself. Right. And it just develops this, yeah. It's just self-poisoning. Yeah. Right. And you can also get peritonitis, which is the inflammation of the peritoneum, the lining of the inner wall of the abdomen. Thanks, Wikipedia. Oh, top of your head. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, just off the top of my head. So needless to say, it can be pretty brutal. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, sounds like it. Typhoid fever can be pretty brutal. Rough. That being said, at this time in the 1900s, it was pretty common as well. Okay. Mm. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Back to Long Island. Oh, yeah. Remember? Remember we we put a pin in it and now we're coming back. The music is back at normal speed now. (laughs) Yes, yes. So your household is suffering from typhoid fever Mm -hmm. and you can't find the source. Hmm. You tell the owners of your rented home. Right, oh, you're renting a home yep. on the beach, and you tell the owners, Mr. and Mrs. George Thompson. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey guys, we have typhoid fever here. Yeah. And we can't figure out why or what's happening. Yeah, right. They are scared that they'll never be able to rent the house again. Right. So, <laughs> sure, first yeah. and foremost. Yep. So they hire an uninvestigator named George Soper, mm. and he's a civil and sanitation engineer to mm-hmm. find out what the hell's going on. Now, this guy, George Soper, has successfully investigated typhoid fever in a lot of other U.S. cities and states. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like the guru. He's he's found out a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. he's like... I'm picturing a satchel. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty confident. Tinctures inside. Tinctures, good word. Yeah, yeah. tinctures yeah. really brings it back. Magnifying glass, probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah probably yeah. little vials for poop. Poop vials. Poop vials. Yeah. Poop vials. <laughs> yeah. So he looked at the reasons for this. He got to the house and he's like, "Let's take a look at this." Yep. He thought it was the local clams. Nope. Okay. Yeah. He tested the water again. Nope. Hmm. Well, what's going on? What he knew, the daughter had become ill first. Mm-hmm. Next, the two maids. And Mrs. Warren, mm-hmm. followed by another daughter and the gardener. He systematically ruled out all other causes. And eventually he was just racking his brain right. and was like, someone, can you think of anything that happened preceding this outbreak? <laughs> right. And the gardener raised it. Well, I did eat my own shit. You're telling us that now? <laughs> Flips his tinctures. <laughs> Glass everywhere. <laughs> 
So what ended up being yeah. what they thought, mm-hmm. what they said was, hey, yeah. we actually, we hired a new cook. Mm. Oh. So the prime suspect became a certain Irish cook who had happened to leave about three weeks after the outbreak. Okay. So uh, is it the cook with the poopy hands in the kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> I am out That's of it. here. <laughs> <laughs> now, who was this cook? Yeah. Who, who, who was this cook? Well, her name was Mary Mallon. Hmm. She was born in 1869 in Ireland okay. and okay. immigrated to the U.S. as a teenager. She found that work as a cook for wealthy New Yorkers paid really well. And mm-hmm. she made that her career, obviously, as you would. Why not? Sure, why not? If you're good Heck at yes. cooking yep. and you can cook for the wealthy. Mm-hmm. In 1906, she worked at the rented summer home of the New York banker, Charles Henry Warren, in Oyster Bay, Long Island. Hmm. She often made an ice cream dessert served with fresh sliced peaches. Okay. Which Ooh. George Soper thought was the perfect medium for typhoid infection. You know, poop really sticks to those fresh sliced peaches, I think. I guess. <laughs> yep. Poop that's magnets. True. That's what they called them where I grew up. Yeah. Poop, poop magnets. Yeah. Those fresh oh, sliced peaches. Oh, you mean a peach? Peaches. Yeah, I love some. <laughs> so hopefully now it's clear that we're talking about Typhoid Mary for Indeed, people who know Mary. about yeah, Typhoid yeah. Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll say that a lot of this information that I'm going to tell you about and that I've been telling you about mm-hmm. comes from a book. It's very detailed called Typhoid Mary, Captive to the Public's Health. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the cover is really interesting actually it's like this lady that's cooking but yeah. she it looks like she's putting spices in the pan but it's it's like little skulls oh, okay Ooh, it's, really, it's interesting no <laughs> <laughs> she's just chucking little yeah. poop emojis in there <laughs> yep no no okay. she wasn't yep. okay. mm-hmm. but um it's interesting and towards the end we're going to talk about what really is the disaster Ooh. okay anyway soper george soper yep. our poop tracer slash tinctures. our detective mixer tinctures he traced her job history and he found that there were eight families who had previously employed her but in seven of these families members had developed typhoid fever <gasps> that's a hell of a reference right no right <laughs> so let's break it down yep in 1900 yep so 1900 a family in new york she had actually worked there for three years already mm, okay so she was there she was working for three years a young male visited the family and fell ill about 10 days after he arrived since no one else was sick, they assumed he was sick before he even came. Okay. Yeah, fair. So whatever. Okay, yeah. You know, could Although be nothing. Could seven, be something. Seven to 14 day. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right around there. All right. Winter of 1901, 1902. Mm-hmm. We're in New York again. Hmm. She cooked for a family for 11 months. Mm-hmm. And one month after her arrival, the laundress developed typhoid fever. Hmm. But no investigation ensued because these things happen, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. it's the 1900s. Everyone's getting yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Throw a dart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Summer 1902. A family of a New York lawyer suffered severe typhoid outbreak when they asked Mary to accompany them to their summer residence in Maine. Hmm. The footman got sick and seven out of the nine people in the household, as a matter of fact, everyone except for the father and Mary... Got sick. Hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, he gave her a bonus because she stayed to nurse the sick. I mean, okay, sure. Okay. In We'd... the end, it was blamed on the footman. Oh, uh, okay. It's always the footman. Always the footman. Yeah. yeah, well, he was the first one sick, so it's obviously him. Right? Obviously him. I you, wonder you... if Mary had a thing with him. Oh, well, yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, no. Nothing. <laughs> I'm just oh, wait, thinking what? of what kind of what kind of thing Mary might have had oh, with boy. him. Just your no. classic cook footman. You're, yeah, yeah, basically. Rendezvous. Also, can you imagine having footman money? Having a footman. Oh, to be oh, able I thought to you meant like if you were paid as a footman. I'm no. like, I don't know how much no, they no, make. No. I'm talking like so rich that you can consider having a footman. <laughs> or is that for like a cook or a laundress. Okay, it's the well, same that thing. Too, but is that a butler or what? what it's like there's not some. I think it's a bit. I think it might be the people with the horses, no? Yeah, I think Specifically so. taking yeah. care of the horses oh, and then like driving you places. Like having the kind of money where you can really granualize your tasks down to the point <laughs> yeah. where it's like, oh, this is my uh, this is my salt shaker. 
pepper guy. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> he only and over does in salt. the corner. It's my peppermint. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, there's three families. Do you think Mary's thinking like, is there a common denominator, you guys? And <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not me. I know yeah. that. It can't be that because I'm not sick. I'm fine. Yeah. We will touch on that later. Yeah. Okay. I feel okay. like we touched that. on it already. But yeah. Enough, yeah. Yeah. Carry on. All right. Carrying yeah. on. Summer of 1904. New York again. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much always in New York. But sure. Anyway. Yeah, well. After nine months of employment, an outbreak affected four newly employed servants in a Long Island summer home. When it was investigated, they blamed the laundress. Okay. Who was the first one to get sick? So it's like, you got sick first, first. you're the one. Right. (laughs) The summer of 1906, we have the Oyster Bay fiasco with the Warrens, which is the one we just talked about. Yeah, right, right, right. Then she moved on in the autumn of 06. Two weeks after her arrival, Mm -hmm. the laundress became ill. The cause remained unclear. Mm. Mm. I think it might be a little clear. To, clear to us now. To, to typhoid Mary, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> no. No? Still no? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this, but no. It was <laughs> never clear to her. Okay, fair enough. Sorry, spoiler. Enough. Um, and then in winter 1907, back in New York City at mm-hmm. Walter Bowen's home, okay. they hired Mary Mallon as the cook. Mm-hmm. Two months later, a chambermaid became sick, and mm-hmm. soon the daughter of the family contracted typhoid and died. Aww. Now, this is where George Soper first met Mary Mallon. Okay. Okay. So Soper's investigating all of these. Yeah. Okay. He's been Hot following her. Yeah. He's like detecting the poop. Yeah. And he, you know. <laughs> Leaving a trail of tinctures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, let's talk about where she's at now. Yep. And yeah. it seems like everywhere she's been. So how is this happening? We need to track her down. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he finally caught up with her. But before we get there, mm-hmm. we know the typhoid spreads through bacteria from your fecal matter, right? Right. To food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one question is, did Mary not wash her hands? That's a good question. Yeah. Did Mary not wash her hands? Let's ask that I mean, question. Yeah, I know. So then my, I wanted to see, like, when was hand washing even started? Like, right. when did this practice of hand washing often even become a thing? Yeah. Become feels a thing like it would have been by the Where you 1900s. wouldn't be laughed at. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to have a sidebar. <gasps> Yes. About hand washing. I'm on washing your hands. <coughs> typhoid and coughing. Yeah, typhoid. <laughs> ah, tuberculosis. <laughs> so, sidebar into washing your hands. And mm-hmm. why did it become a thing? Mm-hmm. Ignaz. Ignaz? Mm-hmm. I-G-N-A-S. Ignis. Ignis Samuel Weiss. Okay. Samuel Weiss, but Samuel yeah. Weiss. Okay, fair enough. In Vienna, in mm-hmm. the mid-1800s, he was looking at mortality rates in hospitals after healthcare workers washed their hands with a specific antiseptic solution. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. not just soap. Right. Because back then it wasn't, I mean, I don't know. Soap Soap is soap, right? But if you're working in a clinic with lots of bacteria and stuff, you don't really want to just be using soap. No. Right, yeah. In the clinics with the highest mortality rates, doctors would often go from doing an autopsy on a cadaver to operating theater just washing their hands quickly. Oh, boy. (laughs) And I quote, with disagreeable odors still on their hands. Uh Uh-huh. Now, can you imagine like doing an autopsy on a cadaver and then yeah. going and operating on Plunging someone? Your, uh, still got like corpse goop under your fingernails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually put barf in brackets over here. Oh, nice. That's <laughs> just to remind myself That's appropriate. Um, that it's it's gross. Yeah, yeah. super gross. So That's after, part of the job. Yeah. <laughs> Vomiting <laughs> his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> after he introduced, so Ignaz, after mm-hmm. he introduced washing your hands with a chlorinated lime solution, mm-hmm. the Ouch. mortality rate dropped from 16% to 3%. Wow. That's hey. huge. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's huge. Like almost 20% to yeah. 3%. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. 
but you I have to 20% wonder. Lost 20% of the skin on your hands. I know, hands, right? I'm, I'm, I'm curious how brutal this chlorinated lime solution oh, was. Yeah. Sounds pretty bad. Uh-huh. But even though there was lots of strong evidence, especially from this study, Semmelweis was not able to get his colleagues on board to regularly wash their hands. Mm, all right. Especially with the solution. Maybe it was like it burns. It burned. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here with your new fangled. It hurts. <laughs> Hand washing. <laughs> yeah. So then I did some research on kind of the guidelines mm-hmm. for healthcare workers. Yep. It wasn't until the 1980s that we had the first hand hygiene guidelines that were published for healthcare workers. Wow. Really? Yeah. 1980s. Yeah. That's that, late. way too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. In 1996, hand washing with antimicrobial soap or a waterless antiseptic agent mm-hmm. was used by healthcare workers. But now we know that this can obviously create bacteria that's resistant to things. Right. Right? Because if it's antimicrobial, it doesn't kill all the bacteria. Right. You know those things that say 99.9% of bacteria are killed? Yeah. Right. Well, what about that 0.1% that yeah. becomes It'd resistant? Be and then that wipes you know, out yeah. humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So yeah. we now, since 2002, use alcohol-based hand rubbing. Right, yeah. And that's the standard of care. Uh-huh. Whereas hand washing is pretty much reserved only for very particular settings, like maybe surgery where you scrub down. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Maybe with a chlorinated lime solution. I don't know. I don't, yeah. It's uh-huh. something. Yeah. yeah. It ain't dove. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little stronger. So, yeah, alcohol is like kills 100% because it, right. I think it just... Yeah, there's no yeah, there's antibiotic. Sort of, it just blows up the cells. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it just so that's better than having it be antimicrobial yep. for yeah. some other reason. Yeah. When we are specifically talking about typhoid, the Coalition Against Typhoid and the Typhoid Vaccine Acceleration Consortium. Is there an acronym for that? No. Okay. Well, not that I could find. <laughs> Fair enough. Still solid name. They yeah. both say that hand washing with soap can prevent many of the cases that they see in the undeveloped world. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. They state, and I quote, hand washing efforts are a key component in preventing typhoid and perhaps best of all, it's cost effective. Mm -hmm. While we cannot forget the ultimate importance of vaccination and water sanitation, improvements, widespread and habitual hand washing can provide an affordable and easy stopgap. Wash your hands and then you won't get feces on the food and then people won't potentially die. Boom. Perfect. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just summing it up for <laughs> Good you. Good advice. Yep. I mean, kind of what we're t- hearing about the coronavirus too. Like just wash your hands a lot. Right. And yeah. Yeah, it's topical right now about the coronavirus, but maybe in two years when someone's listening to this, it won't be. Yeah, they'll be be listening to it like we listen to things about SARS. SARS and H1N1. SARS to me has become a story about how to fundraise for SARS. They threw a giant concert in Toronto. It's like, what's the number one? (laughs) What's the number one way to get SARS? Giant crowd? Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it doesn't seem right. It was gone by then. Sure. (laughs) It was a celebration of no SARS. Uh (laughs) Is that what it was? (laughs) Coronavirus now is a thing where like, if you cough or sneeze, some hilarious person goes, yeah. coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... I just yelled tuberculosis. <laughs> yeah. That's always a danger. Tuberculosis? Yeah. yeah. It never goes I out of style. I get tested every two years. <laughs> really? Oh, you yeah, because you work at the, the hospital. hospital. Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So I'm clean. I remember early on when we started dating, you were coughing a lot and I called you Typhoid Mary and you found it hilarious. <laughs> Back when you... you still found me funny. Uh, yeah, it's true, probably. And she's still no, you did tell me, no, you yep. told me that you told me that I had tuberculosis. Oh, <laughs> I think and I, I thought that was funny oh. because I think I would laugh so much at your jokes that I actually got asthma. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, like my cheeks yeah. used to hurt. I would laugh so much at your jokes. What happened, man? <sighs> you you caught really? on to my bullshit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, guys. It's time to get back to focus. the investigation. Focus. Lee, enough of the focus. Sorry. Yeah, let's get focused here. Okay. We're um, talking about your relationships. I'm, I'm the foil. Oh, that's yeah. Oh. No, I was, I was joking. <laughs> I was joking. Don't, don't cool it. Continue. Okay. 
All right, so back to George Soper's tinctures investigation yeah, man. and to Mary. It's a good word. He found that between 1900 and 1907, 22 people had experienced typhoid fever after Mary was employed in their household. Okay. That's a pretty solid case. That's... Okay. It's true, but to be fair, that number is actually quite small given that I think there was something like 4,500 cases in New York a year or something oh, at that time. Okay. But she worked for... Was it's this true. 22 out of a certain number? Or yes. Was it one yes. She cooked for a lot more than just 22 people. Oh, okay. Oh, but it, okay. So it did suggest that it was because maybe others had already had typhoid and were mm-hmm. now immune. Right. <laughs> the I'm other sure. people that she cooked for. Kind of like that family that everyone got sick except for the father and her. It seemed that the father had already had typhoid. People. Right. Okay. Fair enough. He knew that he couldn't just prove based on her employment history mm-hmm. that she had infected everyone. Right. He needed... Laboratory proof. Indeed. Uh, Enter the tinctures. <laughs> yeah. So he went and confronted her in the Park Avenue home she was working at at the time. Mm-hmm. Told her she was spreading disease and death mm-hmm. and demanded samples of her feces, blood, and her urine. <laughs> How Direct. Did that, how did I like that it. Go? <laughs> oh, it went real well. Okay. Yeah. No, because the story was so preposterous to Mary because she was like a healthy young woman. Sure. She threw him out of the house. To be fair... <laughs> Probably justifiedly. Yeah, yeah. Hi, you don't know me. Can I have your poo and blood? Listen, I know you're making everyone sick. I can't prove it. Yeah. But if you poop in a bottle for me, (laughs) I'll make that happen. And then your career will be over. So do you guys want to hear how he described it? I actually have quotes by him. Yes, please. Okay, so. Soper. So Soper described what happened when he located Mary in the Walter Bowen home at 688 Park Avenue. Mm-hmm. In March 1907. In New York again. Yes, I don't know why yes. we're doing an accent. In New York! <laughs> yes, yes, sorry, I suck at accents. No, no, it's good. So, he says, I had my first talk with Mary in the kitchen of this house. I was as diplomatic as possible, <laughs> but I had to say I suspected her of making people sick and that I wanted specimens of her urine, feces, and blood. How does that go? It did not take Mary long to react to the suggestion. <laughs> she seized a carving fork and advanced in my direction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I passed rapidly down the long, narrow hall, through the tall iron gate, and so to the sidewalk. I felt rather lucky to escape. Sorry, 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 sorry. I advanced rapidly. Nice. I ran like a... Yeah, I got the fuck out of there. Yeah, basically, she's like chasing you with a carving fork, and you're like, fuck. Also, what's a carving fork? Is that just like a big fork? Like you spear the turkey? Yeah, the thing that you spear the turkey with, and then you carve with it. So it's like those like two-pronged forks. big effing fork. Yeah. Yeah. She, so he basically to- told him to fork off. Yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> That's what gave you asthma? Yeah, it, <laughs> was, it was things like Stuff this. Like yeah, and yeah. I'm, it was like exertion asthma from, <laughs> yeah. from, from laughing so much. Oh, the salad days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this makes sen- sense though, right? Since yeah. there was no real knowledge up until this point that you could be a healthy carrier. Yeah. <laughs> and so she was kind of like, what the hell is this weirdo doing yeah, at yeah, my yeah. employer's house yeah. telling me I'm spreading disease yeah. and wanting my feces? This dude wants to see my poop. Yeah. Like, this man is insane. Uh-huh. And also think about gender standards of the time. You're supposed to be like this meek woman. Yeah. And so right. she was probably like, what the fuck? To be yeah. fair, if someone did this to my house now, I would yeah. also be like, what the fuck? Of course. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I think you would also chase them out with a carving fork. I might, yeah. <laughs> I mean, or that thing that you bought me. Oh, oh yeah, the mallet. Yeah. Was it a mallet? A relationship sidebar. Like two years ago, I was at the university, I think, mm-hmm. and Gary sent me a message to tell me that the, the house, house across the street had been broken into, like in broad daylight. Whoa. Like I heard it all. The yeah. guy was yelling, like it was weird. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. 
So I immediately left the university, went to Preston Hardware, which is a local hardware store. Yeah. I bought a sign that says beware of dog that I would put up on our fence because we'd just been meaning to get around to it. And like <laughs> now seems true. like a good time. Yes. <laughs> and while I was there, I picked up a mallet used for like wood carving, which sure. is like handheld, big, heavy top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's because at the time, I think we had just had our yeah. son. So Gary spent a lot of time on the couch. So now basically I just got the mallet and I put it next to her on the coffee table <laughs> just in case, you know, if somebody breaks in, now you've got like That's a got short heft to it. handheld yeah. and I didn't want like a bat so they can't grab it so it's like a handheld like mallet Okay. That's if they go to our giant scary dog. That's true. Yeah. I was like, I really am not worried. Big black German Shepherd. Yeah. Probably like we're good. good. Anyway. So I, I was butt. not worried at all. I was just telling Peter what was up. We yeah. have a baseball bat that fits right down the side of my wife's side of the bed. Nice. Oh, nice. And, uh, Does it have a sock on it? Uh, oh. Nope. Why? Survival tip. Put a sock on it. Why? If they grab it, they pull the sock off and you still <laughs> have the bat. Oh, that's such a thinking. good idea. Yeah. Oh, I was like to muffle the noise. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the noise is going to come from the robber's if broken she's listening legs. at home and she's yep. a big fan, yep. already a sock on the bat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know that if she's like sitting in the living room just listening to something and you don't know what and then she goes upstairs, she's putting a sock on the bat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Low sidebar. I just thought it was in case of like a zombie apocalypse yeah, so that the zombies aren't... No, so oh. the zombies aren't hearing you beat their other zombie friends. No, no. It's, <laughs> it's a muffler. Yeah, it's, it's, so like, a so it's like a bat. Silencer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's nice. <laughs> anyway, if you got a bat at home, put a sock on it. Put yes, it. yes, yes. Yeah. All righty. So back to Soper. He tried to get her feces. He did, it did not work. Unsuccessful. He later went with a colleague to demand her feces again. <laughs> he brought reinforcements. <laughs> yeah. Again, I want you to Look. this guy one says, yeah, you have to. Yeah. yeah hey, exactly. where, where, Soper, where are we going? I just got to ask this lady for her poop. <laughs> and last time she chased me out with a fork. So can, can you, you come can with? Can you come with me this <laughs> time? Just can you be a friend? Dude, we're here now. Can why you are you telling me if you told me this before we said no? Yeah, that's why I'm telling you now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right. So because he was unable to obtain her cooperation at her place of work, he mm -hmm. tried her at home. I'll go better. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Go <laughs> the personal in, touch. <laughs> yeah. In an encounter which he said he staged more deliberately. Okay. Soper and an assistant, Dr. Bert Raymond Hubler, waited at the head of the stairs in the Third Avenue house. They when, waited for her. I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. When Mary Mallon arrived, Dr. Hubler and I described the situation with as much tact and judgment as we possessed. We wanted a small sample of urine, one of feces, and one of blood. <laughs> she gets home, and there's two men at the top of her stairs. <laughs> I want your poop! <laughs> and blood! Gonna need some blood, too! <laughs> So how did that Do you one need go? to pee? There's a cup right here. <laughs> so how did that go? How'd that go? Um, yeah, it did not go well. <laughs> Indignant and peremptory, mm. which means not allowing any challenge. Mm. Oh. Indignant and peremptory denials met our appeals. Mm. I'm mm. quoting here what okay. Soper actually Fair wrote. Yeah, no, we I... were unable to make any headway. Mary's position was like that of a lawyer who, on being told by a judge that the facts were all against his clients, said he proposed to deny the facts. Mary denied that she was a carrier. Nothing could alter her position. As Mary's attitude towards us at this point could in no sense be interpreted as cordial. We were... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, just listening to his words and in my mind, I'm flashing back to that hallway. Yeah. Mary's like, I told you to go fork yourself. <laughs> um, all right. We were glad to close the interview and get down to the street. Uh -huh. We concluded that it would be hopeless to try again. Uh-huh. I love his take on like, she just like, doesn't even want to listen to reason. <laughs> her, 
I just wanted some poop. Yeah, she's just being all difficult. And What's the big deal? Know. You gotta poop anyway. I just stalked her at home, waited for her with, with a, my friend. With a friend. <laughs> oh my god. She, I don't know. She hasn't got kind of a problem. <laughs> Peremptory. Yes, he he described it later. Even more starkly. Okay. Mary was angry at the unexpected side of me. He uh-huh. wrote, insisting she knew nothing about typhoid and had not caused it. Mm-hmm. She would not allow anybody to accuse her. Soper left her, followed by a volley of imprecations from the head of the stairs. Imprecations means curses. Means she was just words. swearing her ass yeah, off at him. Yeah, as, again, beautiful Irish tapestry of... <laughs> picture. I just love the dichotomy, the way he's describing it, and the way it actually. I know it's went so professional. Like he's the victim. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also, he's just trying to make it sound so professional, and like he did nothing wrong. Like <laughs> yeah. we were so diplomatic, and we were so tactful, yeah. and with good judgment. And it's like, are you you're you're confronting a poor woman at yeah, her home? Exactly. And he was right. And yeah, I still right. feel no sympathy no, for exactly. him. Yeah. such a jerk. I'm just picturing like him telling his friend at a bar afterwards and the friend being like, let, let me let me turn this around on you. You waited at the top of the stairs in front of this woman's house with a friend with, I'm assuming, vials ready to collect her poop. <laughs> yeah. And then when she got home, you yelled at her that you needed her poop and blood. <laughs> Oh, I, I hear it now. Yeah. No, I hear it now. You're right. <laughs> oh, not too good. And it was like a long day of work and you get home and someone's yeah. just yelling at you long, for your excrement. Long day of infecting your, <laughs> your, oh your charges. Yeah. yeah. All right. So finally, oh. knowing that he wouldn't, he wouldn't make any headway here, he went to Herman Biggs, the medical officer of the New York City Health Department, mm-hmm. so he could demand her compliance. Look, man, I've been trying to get this woman's poo. <laughs> but Herman, here, Herman... <laughs> Biggs thought that the evidence Soper presented warranted a follow-through. So he asked Dr. Josephine Baker to go to Mary's house and demand her samples. (sighs) Mary did people want my poo so bad. No, Mary did not understand, so the police had to be called, and they took Mary by force and against her will to Willard Parker Hospital. There they took her feces and did laboratory analysis. So (laughs) just glossing over took her feces. (laughs) I know, like... They just, like, put her in a room without a toilet and waited? Yeah. It does not say... Okay. <laughs> Use your imagination. No, here. I'm picturing any number of scenarios. Yeah. Here. yeah. Are, are we picturing like a Casino Royale bottomless chair? I know. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> like you sit on there until yeah. you poo. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> then you'll get chocolate. <laughs> that's what we tell our son who's potty training right now. It's, well, if you had led with the chocolate, yeah, yeah. then I would have just know there was you. chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> so they did actually find high concentrations of the typhoid bacilli in her. <laughs> Feces. Hey. See? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And Couldn't have just pooed for me that <laughs> yeah. first time and to chase me with a fork. Yeah. Mm. And she was kept in an isolated cottage on the grounds of Riverside Hospital. Mm. So okay. first of all, imagine how much your life has changed in such a short span. This right. dude comes to demand your feces. He comes yeah. back with a friend to demand your feces. Yeah. Then a third woman comes to your house, demands your feces. You say no. <laughs> then you get taken by the police. Yeah. And then isolated? Yeah. Casino Royale. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So poor Mary. Like I the think. Whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the city kept her isolated for two years. Yeah. Wow. At uh, 26 months, I believe it was, um, <clears throat> until she sued for release in 1909. Right. Um, the judge sided with the city, though. Okay. Although he was pretty sympathetic with her. Sure. Uh, oh no, it was 28 months. Oh my God. So during the 28 months between March and June, March. 1907 mm-hmm. and June 1909. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Health officers collected 165 fecal se- specimens mm-hmm. from Malin, mm-hmm. an average of more than once a week. Pretty crappy Sheep. job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
call. Thank you. And I have some of Malin's own words here, too, because okay. they were recorded. They're, she was not super eloquent. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to clean I it up feel, better. No, in, in the podcast, now it's just going to be a series of beeps that last, <laughs> yeah. like... Oh, so, yeah. Me. So she's... <laughs> No, but she, so she wasn't, I don't think she was super well-educated at this time. Like okay, literacy sure. was not her song. Sure. Let's just put enough. it that way. Yep. Mm-hmm. When I first came here, they took two blood cultures and feces went down three times per week. Mm-hmm. Say Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm-hmm. No Oxford comma here. I know. Oh. Are you going to, are you okay with that? Wait, were there no commas between any of those? Monday, <laughs> yeah, Wednesday, Monday, Friday? Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday have no commas at all. But that's uh, the fault of whoever was. No, like, no. This is like quoted. This yeah, this is quoted from her. Oh, um, like, it's a diary. And I like how it says went down three times. Like that just seems so like nowadays colloquial. Like yeah, yeah. that went down. That yeah, shit went really. down literally <laughs> <laughs> into a vial. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the feces went down three times per week, mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, mm-hmm. respectfully, until the latter part of June. After that, they only got the feces once a week, which was on Wednesday. Okay. So she's just telling us how often they took her feces. Just facts. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the analysis actually revealed that she was an intermittent carrier. Okay. So sometimes they were positive, sometimes they were negative, oh, which could weird. explain why she was sometimes working like for three years in a family. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then they had nothing. Yeah. And then, and then they did. Huh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So repeatedly over the months, her feces contained no typhoid bacilli at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but their lab reports, so they showed negative for 12 consecutive examinations sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then other times it would be positive. Mm. And her urine consistently tested negative because we know that's kind of not really right. a vector for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for typhoid. During this time, she was also given many, quote, therapies. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah. And this is in her own words. In spite of the medical staff, Dr. Wilson ordered me Eurotropin. I got that on and off for a year. Sometimes they had it and sometimes they did not. Mm -hmm. I took the Eurotropin for about three months, all told, during the whole year. If I should have continued, it would certainly have killed me, for it was very severe. Okay. Do we know what Eurotropin is? So Eurotropin, also known as hexamethylene tetraamine. Nailed it. Or... Methy... No, I did not get that one. You know what? It's okay. Just that first one's good. Sure. Yeah, nailed it. It's also known mm-hmm. as hexamine or urotropin. Okay. And it is apparently highly soluble, etc. It's used in fuels and explosives and things, which is whatever. But okay. some of its historical uses mm-hmm. is that it was used as a urinary antiseptic. Oh, okay. So it was only used <clears throat> in cases of acidic urine... For mm-hmm. urinary tract infections. Mm-hmm. So I really, don't really understand why it was given to her, I guess. Right. And I guess it was also used as a method to treat soldiers exposed to phosgene in okay. World War One. Does that ring any bells like, for you? Is that something they the got gas? gas? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was a chemical weapon. Yikes. I know they were literally used pee to counter like, yeah. the mustard gas. Or... Mm. Yeah. So I don't really, I mean, it's not really used anymore. Okay. Uh, but, but it sounds anything. like a rough... I think it was yeah. pretty rough. Well, if they also have applications in, like, fuel. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. So she unfortunately had to to be given these therapies. Yep. Mm. They were not good. Yikes. Um, she also said that they tried something called brewer's yeast, uh, which at first I did not take, for I'm a little afraid of the people, and I have a good right for when I came to the department. They said the bacteria were in my track. Later, another said they were in my muscles of my bowels, and laterly... 
they thought of the gallbladder. Mm -hmm. Basically, what you get from that paragraph is that they were not really telling her anything and everything they were telling her was super confusing. Right. So no wonder the poor woman is like scared shitless. (laughs) (laughs) Probably for the best. Yeah. But so they were trying lots of different drugs. They were trying to get her to have her gallbladder removed. And she repeatedly refused this, even though apparently there was lots of risks to it. But she she wasn't informed of these risks. Mm -hmm. And um, it didn't actually alleviate the carrier state of of typhoid. But they kept trying to get her to have it, but she didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So poor lady... Was like so right. confused, didn't believe the doctors, sure. didn't even believe, like, I'm healthy, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole time during this, she also was just refusing to accept this and accept that she had been labeled this menace to society, which right. she was, yeah. and that's why she was isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't believe their claims, and she also had a private lab test her feces. Okay. <clears throat> the private lab, they all came back negative. Hmm, but really? what was ended up set, being said was that it was probably due to the transportation. Right, okay. Oh. Just them being transported. Also, didn't they say that it was uh, like an intermittent thing? So it just might exactly. not have showed up when they tested it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah so it could have been too that too. Factors. Or is it big pharma, big... Mm, big poop. Big poop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, back then even. After another year of isolation, Mm -hmm. she was finally released by the new health commissioner under the promise that she'd never cook again. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So So don't cook again and and we won't have to, like, you won't be infecting people. Sure, fair enough. So she went on to become a laundress, but ultimately that didn't pay as well as cooking. So in 1915, Uh she was found cooking Cooking at the Sloan Maternity (laughs) Hospital. Come on. After there was an outbreak of 25 new cases of typhoid fever. In, in, in newborns? I don't know if it was in newborns or, or if or it was the moms. hospital staff. Or the staff. So the earlier stuff before she was in isolation for two years is kind of forgivable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now she's the villain. Yeah, but yeah. that time spent in isolation. Yeah. I mean, could have also could have. There's like a poor. There's a picture of her in quarantine yeah. mm-hmm. on the Wikipedia page, and it's kind of like it's pretty sad. Yeah, like she's just yeah. laying in this hospital, and she does look like a totally healthy woman. Sure, fair I enough. I don't know. Fair enough. I get it though. I know. I don't think she should have ever been cooking again. No. Nope. Anyway, after this, she was placed in isolation again mm-hmm. and lived the rest of her life in isolation until she died in 1938. Hmm. And she took solace in like uh, finding the church and religion, mm-hmm. and she she died pretty. I think what they say peacefully, but I don't right. know if that's again big poop. Yeah, that could be a big <laughs> so, poop conspiracy. Poop conspiracy, conspiracy yeah. Poop conspiracy. Um, How old? Oh, good question. I think she was in her 60s. Well, hang on. She was born in, who can do the math here quickly for me? 1869. 31 plus 38 is 69. <clears throat> okay, perfect. Okay, so she was 69 years old. Wow, right off the top of your head. Wow. Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah. Yeah. No editing or anything. Yeah, definitely. Good, good stuff. All right. Asked and answered. So what... <laughs> Have we learned today? That's not a question for you. No. No. No, no, go ahead. If you want to, just tell me what you learned today. Go ahead. Don't corner a woman and ask her for a poop. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good lesson. If most of the listeners can learn that today, I'd be happy. If nothing else, please learn. I learned that basilis means stick. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Yep, that's a good, that's 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 also good. That's my takeaway from all this. All right, so we That's have... That's like the first thing we said. <laughs> first and only. Wash your hands. Okay. Don't put poop on peaches. Don't put poop on peaches. No. They are poop carriers. Peaches and cream are not the treat you think it is. No. Stop eating that ice cream combination. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what, what have we actually learned? Yes. Okay, Mary was a healthy, intermittent carrier of typhoid. Mm-hmm. 
She likely didn't wash her hands as thoroughly as she could have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Typhoid Mary was, in my opinion, a shitty, forgive the pun, okay. name to give her and okay. to persecute her and make her a pariah. I wonder if she had been more educated about everything and actually convinced by the doctors and mm. these other people, whether she would have taken it more seriously and actually believed them. Mm-hmm. Because... Even let's go back to the cooking after the isolation. If her private lab poop tests were coming back negative, she actually might have believed that they were wrong, the original tests. Mm, Fair enough, yeah. And she might have just had the conviction in herself, like, no, I won't make other people sick. Yeah, okay. Right? But some of her tests came back positive. Not from the private lab. No, but from the... Yes, but she might not have believed them because she she didn't trust trust any of the doctors. If someone forcibly came, like, you would just think it's like some massive weird conspiracy against you. Potentially, if you're totally healthy Mm -hmm. and no one had ever found this. Sure. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So, again, I wonder if she she had been convinced. She was presumed to have infected about 51 people by the end, of Mm. whom three died. Mm. And that's only three. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to say they didn't matter. Obviously, those three people meant a lot to someone. Yeah. But the way that society and especially history has treated her may be a bit unfair, Mm. I think. Right. Right? There were other carriers who weren't as vilified as she was. Mm -hmm. For instance, in the first quarter of the 20th century, there was Tony Labella, an Italian immigrant presumed to have caused over 100 cases with five deaths. Mm -hmm. An Adirondack guy dubbed Typhoid John. But no one's ever heard of him. <laughs> anyway, typhoid Tony. <laughs> typhoid <laughs> John, exactly. Such a ring typhoid true. John presumed to have infected 36 people with two deaths. Mm-hmm. And Alphonse Cotiles, a mm-hmm. restaurateur and bakery owner. But today, typhoid Mary is basically the colloquial term right. for anyone who spreads disease or some other undesirable thing. Right. You, you said you called a... me typhoid Mary yeah. mm-hmm. in our relationship <laughs> early on. <laughs> So well, when you when you say it like that. <laughs> yeah. So my question then becomes, what's the real disaster? Is it the fact that she was a carrier, a healthy carrier of typhoid? Mm-hmm. Or when I was doing this research, is the disaster really what was done to her and vilified her as a person mm. and made her this huge like public health scare? It, I think there's actually propaganda posters you can find. And it says like, don't be a typhoid Mary. Mm. Wash your hands yeah, yeah, yeah. after mm. or or um, cook food after you prepare it. Like to kill off the bacteria. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good message. Yeah. I'd argue that maybe some good came out of it. <clears throat> it's that thing where, yeah, there's a, a horrible situation where... I know. I just find it sad for things her. Things are learned. Of course. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. It's yeah. a disaster yeah. in a disaster. Yeah. 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 So that's it for, for, for the disaster itself. Wow. That's a disaster. Good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. That yeah. was super interesting. I got a lot. That was oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> didn't know <laughs> any bad. of that. Didn't yeah. know any of that. No, I didn't. Cool. 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 We, got some, we got some poop chasing doctors or investigators. <laughs> yeah. Detectives. We, got, we had tinctures. Tinctures came yeah. up. We had carving forks. <laughs> yeah. Carving forks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had eloquent yeah. descriptions of running away. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure he was like. Sidebars within sidebars. <laughs> yeah. Sidebarception. Yeah. So tell us what you think about Mary. Do you think she was a pariah? Do you think she should have been locked up? I yeah. don't know. What comments? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not from you guys. I meant from the No, I know, I know, no, no, no. <laughs> I well, mean, you guys can also give me comments. What so. I was thinking, no, but no, yeah, no, comment on our, from, uh, uh, the people. on our socials. Maybe, maybe Instagram is the easiest, at this disaster pod. Yeah. Tell us what you think. That'd be awesome. Yeah, weigh in. Okay, so music. Gary, do you have a, do you have a musical choice? I do. You got. Again, I'm not super great with obscure bands. But I thought this one would would be good. It's not obscure at all. Okay. It's the sound of silence. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> By Simon and Garfunkel. Very literal. I yeah. just was thinking about the fact that Mary was in isolation for so long uh-huh. and probably had to be very comfortable with the sound of silence. Yeah. 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 Um, so really, you know, hello, 
Darkness, my old friend. There you go. Yeah. Darkness also because of the poop. It's dark usually. I don't <laughs> oh, know. God. I don't know. We're really trying to squeeze it in here. <laughs> <laughs> also, that makes me, ever since of season four of Arrested Development, that makes me think of Job. Season four? Yeah, because they always play like Hello Darkness, My oh, Old Friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, like Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, I've come to talk to you again. It's kind of like her re-isolation. Right. You know, yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. like, and then again. And then there's another part that was like, in restless dreams, I walk. Al- I walked alone, narrow streets of cobblestone, beneath the halo of the street lamp. Mm-hmm. I turned my color to the golden damp. It just kind of, I just kind of get that picture of like 1900s New York mm-hmm. damp, probably cobblestone. Full of typhoid. Um, you know, detectives on her tail mm-hmm. trying right. to get her poop. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's. I just get that imagery from this song. Yep. And so that's my song. Yep. And that's it. That's nice. good, one. good one. You heard a bunch of it just now. There you go. Uh, Lee, you want to go next? Yeah. Uh, so my, mine's even more on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> the song is called Dog Shit. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, by Skinny Puppy, who I know I've used them before. We can go. They're my favorite band. Yeah. But in this case, um, and in particular, the album that it comes from, it's called Did the Sex Six. They're a huge, like, pro animal rights. Mm-hmm. When I first heard it, and my first exposure to that band, they, to me, they just sounded, like, sick. Like like right. sickness. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so yeah. this song in particular, it just there's something about it that just sounds wrong and infected. Yeah. And the lyrics are they're disjointed and strange and there's a lot of weird terminology and it just sounds like kind of a fever dream, kind of a just a whole myriad of wrong. Yeah. And it's called dog shit. Nice. That's perfect. <laughs> Not people shit. Yeah. But, you know. yeah it's close enough. Yeah. So skinny puppy dog shit. Nice. And you heard a bunch of it just now. I'm going to What I'm do you gonna, got, Peter? I'm going to pick up the thread that you just put down. Okay. It's funny, I think. <laughs> We're all on the same wavelength. <laughs> we sure are. So, uh, band name I went with is a guy formerly called Shit Wife. <laughs> now called Big Lad. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Um, so it was when he was shit wife, he put yeah. out an EP called Death to the Metal. Yes. Uh, do you know? You showed me that. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like this. He's this UK artist. I, I think he's a drummer. Okay. Uh, and he's kind of like, I think I showed you the music because I sent it to you being like, if you ever made music by yourself that was like super high energy, I feel like you'd make music that sounds like shit wife. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just very like eccentric. The reason that I picked this song is that. It's very like frantic, and especially after hearing the story, it makes me think about Typhoid Mary going from house to house, kind of escape. <laughs> First of all, spreading it, and then now dealing with these investigators, like yeah. essentially running away from them and chasing Wait, them away. What's the song called? Death to the Metal. Oh, Death to the Metal. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, got it. Band should like. Uh, I will never listen. To that. No, obviously. <laughs> you might like it. It's kind. Of, it's electronic. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but the drum, like electronic with analog drumming, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like this frantic chase. And it seems like she was kind of always on the move until they kind of marked her down and put her in isolation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was the sound design. And it was the sound design. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Listen, listen to Lee's choice. Yeah. Dog shit. Then listen to Death to the Metal by Shit Wife. And to top it all off, listen to Sound, sound of, of Silence. silence. Yeah. There we go. Kind That's of the arc. Yeah. So yeah, that was a disaster. Just to wrap it up, like I always say, if you want to help us out, if you like what you hear, the best thing you can do is tell a friend to listen to this podcast. Tell everyone, tell everyone that'll listen. Just make it, make it spread like typhoid fever. There you go. <laughs> be a typhoid. And as much, yeah, be, be a typhoid Mary when it comes to this podcast, <laughs> yeah. but don't do it with poop. No. Because we'll find you and ask for some of your poop. Exactly. That's weird. <laughs> anyway, if you want to follow us, uh, the next best thing to do, if you're not already, you can subscribe wherever you listen and leave a review wherever you listen. That is super helpful. You can follow us on social medias at this disaster pod, Twitter, Instagram, 
everything. Facebook, on our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com and our patreon.com slash thisdisasterpod. Check that out. Next time, we've got another special guest who's going to tell us about an extra special Canadian disaster. All right. You've heard from him before and he's going to be right back to tell us about more devastating things that have happened in Canada. Yes. (laughs) So check us out for that. And in the meantime, bye. Bye. Bye.